Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Poo, and this episode 274, I am joined, uh, I would say as always, but it's been a while, by my co-host, that's at Prez underscore Presidente. Prez, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. I just want Knicks fans to know the Knicks are 2-0 and this year when I'm in the building, so you're welcome. Yeah, I think I think your your leadership when they were down uh, nineteen to the Wizards is what really um, really brought them back in that game. Um, but before we get started, I have to make a few announcements. The first being that the Strickland has an Instagram. Check that out. That is at the Strick.land on Instagram. We are posting all types of new content on there on the daily. The Strickland also has a YouTube channel where you may or may not be watching this podcast. Uh, if you are watching it on YouTube, please hit like, and then subscribe to the channel. If you're not already subscribed, that would be a big help to us. Strickland also has new merchandise, which you should check out. Uh, you can find that on our store on the website. There's all types of new shit, and uh, we got more coming out in the coming weeks, so keep an eye out for that. And then finally, the Strickland has a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland, this podcast that I host every Friday, although this time it's going to drop on a Sunday or a Monday um, with Prez. You also get access to the mailbag that comes out every other week, hosted by Andrew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, a.k.a. the Doug Bag. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. So there are further tiers. There's a nine dollar tier that comes that comes with access to Strickland Roll, my solo pod, where I rant and rave about the Knicks even more. You also get access to wonderful weekly premium articles by Matthew Miranda, one of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There's a fifty dollar tier, thirty dollar tier, fifty dollar tier, and hundred dollar tier. This comes with a variety of additional benefits, like listening in on pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours. Truly, one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not none of this would be possible without you so without further ado let's get started the knicks um the knicks are two and oh they are two not two and oh they're two and oh since the all-star break uh since they got back as as prez noted uh his his presence uh allowed them so inspirational yeah just very inspirational uh you know appearance from the, the, from the upper bowl from the upper bowl from prez um and um you know, they, they just they took care of business last night. I mean, they just absolutely beat the fucking living piss out of the Pelicans um, in what was kind of just a embarrassing game for the Pelicans and thrilling if you're a Knicks fan. Um, and I tweeted this last night, but the Knicks are on a 52.6 winning a game, 52.6 win pace since they made the rotation changes, uh, which were namely dropping Rose Fournier and Cam Reddish, who is now no longer a member of the Knicks. However, you feel about that, uh, and <laughs> and they replaced them with uh, initially Deuce McBride, now Josh Hart, uh, and Quentin Grimes in the starting lineup. That's going back. It's at twenty-five and fourteen. That's thirty-nine games. That's the majority of the season. That's almost half the season at this point. This team is very good, and they're four. They're five and zero oh, since they got Josh Hart. Um, there's and and if RJ look, he had a good game yesterday. And I actually, you know, against the Wizards, obviously, you know, he wasn't the greatest offensive game. I, I think you've seen a tangible difference in his defensive awareness and effort in these last couple of games. That was always the biggest thing for me because I do think the offense he'll figure it out. I think that's coming around. Um, I'm not that worried about his offense. I'm worried about the defense. It was, it was cool to see. Uh... Because the first game, the first game I was at, like he was getting fucking fried by everybody on the Wizards, mm-hmm. particularly Kuz, who went off. But like, it wasn't even like Kuz was hitting. I mean, he was hitting tough shots because that's what he does. But he was like 
just breaking RJ's ankles, just blowing by RJ. And I'm like, okay, you can't stay in front of somebody who's almost fucking seven feet. Like, so you have trouble with the tall guys. You have trouble with the fast guys. Who don't you have trouble with right now? You know, but like, he's, he's, a. Uh, you know, we've talked about it. He he's not so athletically gifted that he can just be on cruise control on defense. But he's he's not a he's not like me out there, right? Like if he's like, okay, let me commit and like use my mind. Yeah, I mean, we've just, seen it, right? We've seen right. we've seen it. So that's why like it was right. frustrating. And so seeing those two games, and uh, in particular, real quick, the the thing that was good to see, like he didn't get lit the fuck up by uh, by Kuz, but you're seeing him just like that minimal threshold of like give them a little trouble on ball and then more importantly arguably is just off ball yeah. like he's never like he we've seen him do stuff off ball in these last couple games that he's never done even when he um was playing good defense like when his good defense back in the day was like oh i'm a fucking brick wall have fun trying to get through me as a health defender now he's like not all the time, but like you know, stealing some pages out of Deuce and Quickly's book and just getting some deflections and uh, just doing shit like that. And he, he's never been a big events guy, but I'll take it. Yeah, and, and I think more importantly, um, look, he he didn't close the game against Washington. You could tell he was on the sideline; he was not happy about it. Um, but he responded the way you want somebody to respond, right? He he came out yesterday and was great, and. Um, you know, he hit a three against Washington. I think his jumper looks better. He's moving better again after the All-Star break. I don't know what the fuck was going on with him for the All-Star break, but he was just moving, like, just way slower, and it was not smooth at all. It was just – it just didn't look right. Uh, he looked a lot more fluid against Washington. He looked even better yesterday. Um, so, again, going back to it, like, I mean, if he gets his shit together I, – I, I've been saying this for a while. Like, there's a little bit of, like, last year Celtics to this team. Uh, you know, similarly acquiring kind of, like, a big upgrade to the rotation at the deadline. And, and I just think like, look, I don't know what the team can do. I don't know. I, I still I don't run. know what the fuck you do with this team. If RJ Barrett is playing offense and defense, if you're another team and, and, and you don't have an MVP candidate, like I'm going to just say it straight up. Like I was, I didn't watch the Pelicans game, but like once I saw that RJ was actually scoring in the first half for once, I was like, Oh, this is going to be a wire to wire blowout just because how everybody else is playing. And you add that on top of that, then just, Fucking R.I.P., bro, unless you have, like, Jason Tatum or Joel Embiid or some shit, or Giannis. Yeah, and I, I think that's really where I'm ultimately at. Like, I I think this team is just really good, and they got better, obviously, with heart acquisition. So, um, you know, I, I I think it's time to stop, like, couching. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this team just has a lot more talent than that. Uh, look, real quick, uh, we were joined uh, right after we started by uh, Simon, who is here now. Simon Sharon Gordon. He does social media content for the NBA. Simon, how are you doing? What's up, guys? Uh, sorry to jump in late. Um, good. But yeah, no, it's been it's been a while since I've been on the show, and I think uh, this is probably the best that the Knicks have been since I've ever been <laughs> alive on this pod. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean it, they they're they're very good. Like I, I, it's not like that's it's really fun to say that like yeah they're they're just what do you think about the knicks i'm like oh, they're just really good like this was it? my thing with the heart acquisition it, it wasn't it, it was more than just like acquiring him in a vacuum like we needed his skill sets in a vacuum like put aside all the dumb people who are like oh why do the knicks need another guard when josh hart is really a wing but like so we needed a wing we got a wing we needed cam a connector can, cam can do all this stuff He's yeah a cam and his wing. fucking 1.5 rebounds per game can fucking <laughs> i don't know whatever they eat in portland fancy hipster donuts or whatever like yeah have fun with that shit cam um no like heart gives he not only provides skills we don't need i mean we do need and then doubles down on the offensive rebounding thing but he also gives tibbs an option when rj doesn't have it and there's a lot of people who kind of took issue with that because it's like you know understand he's only 22 rj so you still want to make sure he gets the ball and gets his reps and all of that. But like, you know, we've talked about it, right? He's the one young guy who never has really had to earn his minutes straight up. Like it sounds kind of fucked up, but it's true. Like he's because he was the third pick, he just got his minutes and he was good. Most of the time he's 
fine and good enough to play a lot of minutes on this next team because we haven't been this good before. But, like, we're really fucking good now, like you said. And if Tibbs thinks Josh Hart is a better matchup against Kyle Kuzma and Brad Beal, two guys who fucking fried R.J. Barrett the last time they played, then he's going to do that shit until R.J. proves it. So, like, this is the first time R.J. has had to actually, like, he can pout on the bench or whatever, but, like, credit to him, right? Like, he came back, and he showed the fuck out versus the Pelicans. Like, that's what you need. Like, you got to, like, no, bro, this is the part of your career where you're going to have to earn that shit. Like, you just got paid, but that doesn't guarantee you closing minutes here. Not on a good team. Yeah, I, I want to say too, guys, if I can jump in. Yeah, jump in. Yeah, that. go for like, it. It's interesting to hear you talking about that because one thing that I know you've both been critical of with Thibs is like how he basically, and, and everyone has, you know, for his whole coaching career is just like how he refuses to play young guys. Um, and especially <laughs> in like development situations like last year when you're not really competing for anything, that's how you develop players, right? But there is a flip side to it where, you you need to instill some sort of like responsibility. And it it sounds like that's what you're alluding to where it's like, yeah, play the young guys, but at the same time, and don't, you know, don't pull an inexperienced player for making like one mistake or, you know, that kind of shit. But at the same time, like, and this is something that I'm sure we'll get into, but that has been frustrating me to no end with one Jordan pool um, (laughs) is, is just like at a certain point you need to, realize like no matter how much talent you have no matter how big your contract is like you have to earn your minutes on a contender and if you're going to be a contender you have to do like the little things that winning players do and i I do think the josh hart acquisition is a nice kind of like uh i don't know foil to that where it's like you know he's going to do those things and rj might have five times the talent of josh hart but like if he doesn't do josh hart things he might he might fall behind him in certain spots or not close games. Yeah, and I think ultimately what it is is that um, I don't want to say I don't want to say RJ was getting complacent, but like the Knicks didn't have options. Like if you look right, basically like for um, December I think third is when they made the change to now and no before, depth. Yeah, to to before <laughs> they got Josh Hart, like they basically were playing. It was it's Brunson, it's quickly. Grimes, who was who was struggling himself offensively, uh, RJ Randall, and then Mitch was out for a long period of time. So you had like Hart and you had Sims. Like it, you were basically playing. I mean, one to three, you were basically playing four guys. Like a Deuce would come in and get like a token five minutes each half. But like you were basically riding these guys in the ground. I mean, we had that game against Dallas that we lost. But like if you go look at the minutes of that game, they're fucking insane. Like I don't know if I've <laughs> ever seen anything quite like that. It was like quickly had fifty minutes. Everybody else in the starting lineup had like 45, 46, 47 minutes. It was crazy. Um, but like that's and, – and the thing is, there are people that were like critical of Tibbs with that. And it's like, well, this is why you should play Cam Reddish. It's like, one, I'm like, dude, Cam Reddish is done. Like just just don't even – just accept <laughs> that and move on. So like don't even pretend he's an option. And second of all, I'm just like – I mean, I'm – there are times where Tibbs plays guys too many minutes for no reason. That was not that, – that this stretch was just not one of those to me because I'm like – this team is actually good when he plays the good players. So we just need to get another good player. That's like what we need to do. We I'm not going to blame him for playing the good players too much because they're showing me that they might have a level that I don't, I, quite frankly, I didn't think this team this year was going to be at this level or had the potential to be even at this level, but like they have done that. And so, you know, you bring Hart in and I think for RJ, like it's, it's like now he has to be on top of it because if he's not, he knows that like like whatever you want to say about like you know his his upside or maybe the best version of RJ is is way, the best version of RJ is way better than Josh Hart and probably maybe arguably even better than uh, I would say quickly I think that's a little bit more nuanced but the point is like those guys have a much more solid base and when you have Brunson and Randall playing at the level they're at if you're a coach you might just be like I actually don't need the the potential 22 point per game version of RJ. That's an efficient score. And like, I don't need that unless he's actually giving that to me, you know, like, yeah. because I, I can just play quickly in heart. And I know those two you guys, know, you can pencil that shit in with those two. They're like yeah. clockwork. Yeah. They're going to play good. They're going to play hard defense. They're going to fight over screens. They're going to go, go for loose balls. Like they're going to do all the little things. And 
like you needed RJ to to be challenged in a way. You needed to challenge him, and like I think I think that was an eye opening moment for him, and not even the eye opening because it's like you know I'll put it this way: like he had a game earlier in the season where he didn't play down the stretch, then he didn't talk to the reporters afterwards. And then, like, that became a whole story because he basically, they played, like, you know, they closed with Grimes and Quick over him. And, like, I don't think, like, he responded to that, I think, in a way that showed, like, a little bit of entitlement. Um, I don't think he has that with Hart because Hart is a veteran, obviously. He's an older player than him. And I just think he has, like, look, he's obviously boys with Brunson. He played with Randall. Like, he already has some institutional credit 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 in the bank right and tibbs like worships him which is insane um but like so now when he gets benched he can't he can't act like it's insulting like yeah maybe it is insulting but guess what you you need like some of the shit you've been doing this year has been insulting to me so like (laughs) get your shit together and you'll close plenty of games and And the team's been winning too and that just like takes away your ability to pout when shit's working and everyone else is playing well and it's like oh, yeah. that then then it becomes like you're you're singling yourself out a little bit as as part of the problem yeah, yeah. And, and to his credit just, like i sorry i no. said he i said he pouted but like that probably is a strong word like he, yeah, he was, was he was upset that he, wasn't, he was upset yeah. and, and but that was like for me that was really the first time aside from when he didn't talk to the media but i don't I, we've talked about this on the pod before i don't really care as much about that yeah, but like um, you, to me, I'm like, yo, sometimes you got a bad day at work and you're not trying to talk to nobody. Go home and chill with his eight bulldogs or whatever he has. Like, that's cool. Go for it. <laughs> Self care matters. French what did I say? Oh, you said I bulldogs. just said regular. Oh, my bad. I forgot. This is a this is a personal matter <laughs> for, for 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 you. Um, no, and uh, the interesting thing to me that you know, if I'm just like. Watching where this goes for RJ, like we're we're obviously all right. We'll see what happens with him and with the team for the rest of the year and in the playoffs. Like any number of outcomes wouldn't surprise me. Like, and then after the playoffs, he's going to be playing on a stacked Canadian team as well, right? Like they yeah. did the um they did the Team Canada for the first time has done what uh, Team USA did. I want to say right after the the shitty the re- team, the redeem yeah. team. Yeah, where they're like, you have to commit to three years of of involvement in this program, and like other players can come into that, but it would be like you have an advantage if you commit to that. So like Wiggins, for example, wasn't on the list, but I'm sure if Andrew Wiggins was like, dude, I want to play, like they'll let Andrew Wiggins play. But it's like SGA, Jamal Murray, um, there's all, there's all, uh, there's who who else is really good? Is Dylan Brooks on this team? Yes, Dylan Brooks is annoyingly good. I mean, he's annoyingly on this player. team. Yeah, he's, um, he's annoyingly a fucking... No, there's somebody player. else who's like an obviously very talented Canadian player who I'm missing. Um, not role, They have role players too, right? It's like Olenek and Lou Dort and Dylan Brooks and Ben Matherin and Shane Sharp and all that shit. Isn't there a big guy? There's some big guy, whatever. No, their big guy, their big guy situation kind of sucks. It's like... Like, Tristan Thompson might be on their fucking roster, bro. Right. Like, it, it, it's like... Is Helio, it, is it- is Brandon Clark on, is Nemhard on it? Nemhard is on it, um, but they got a lot of guards, so I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do there. Um, anyway, my point is like, you know, you're playing on a team with SGA and Jamal Murray, so like at best you're probably third on that pecking order, and you're a far number two if you're number two compared to SGA. Is so Wiggins, like, is Wiggins playing? Wiggins is not on the list. He still might play, but he wasn't on the list of. Um, Canadian like three year players to commit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um uh so it, he's this is this is gonna be a situation that he's gonna find himself in, not just with the Knicks, but on Team Canada. And it's like he's it, it's gonna be a real inflection point like this next six, seven months really for his career. So I, I think he's the type of dude who usually rises to these occasions because you know, RJ Barrett is many things, but he doesn't really, uh, to use my best name, Lillard voice, run from the grind. So <laughs> we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, and I think uh, I think it's important for him. Like, I, I'll, I'll say one thing in his in his defense of like how he's played this year. I do think I know like you can look at the usage and the shot attempts and all that stuff, and like 
this is not to say that he doesn't get like touches. He obviously gets touches. That's not a yeah. problem. Yeah. I do think he's less of a priority in that way, and I do think that like fucked with him a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Whether that whether that especially should or not... after the second half last year, where yeah. his usage was like a hundred, <laughs> right? I, I, like like whether that should or not is its own thing. Uh, look, he's a twenty-two year old kid who, like, like to your point, you know, he won everything there is to win as a high school player, right? Like he is like the king of Canada. He leads Canada to the fucking, to beat the stacked ass USA team uh, in whatever championship FIBA thing, whatever. Um, he goes to Duke. He's the number three pick. He comes to New York. He, you know, struggles first year, good second year, helps get, get them to the playoffs, takes a usage leap last year, gets a contract. And it's like, okay, like I'm supposed to now, like me and Julius are just supposed to be equals. And like, this is how it's supposed to go. And then, and it wasn't that, right? Because they signed Brunson, and shit changed. And I think that, like, he and Julius just, got back in his bag. <laughs> yeah, and and I think like that really kind of, I don't want to say fucked with him, but I do think it, it, there's there's a an adjustment. Adjust- yeah, there's a yeah. mental adjustment that needs to be made, and hopefully that happened over the All Star break. But like, there, like, we, whatever I want to say about Tibbs's offense, like, there is, they do need a third guy. Like, they do need they need RJ to be the third guy because. That's like, what does everybody talk about, right? Oh, well, now like this Knicks team, they're really good, but they need a star. They need a star. They need a star. I don't, I think that's like the wrong way to think about it. I, I, I ultimately I agree. Like, yes, they need a star player, but what they need is a third guy that they can just like trust to be an offensive hub consistently. And like, if it's a wing, that's that's perfect. Guess what? That could be RJ Barrett, but RJ Barrett has to like accept that role and not try to make it and, and, and not be upset. And, and like the other part about being a third option, right? Is this is just my thing, my, my belief of any basketball team, any, any contender, your third option cannot be a bad defender. It, it, they can't because they don't, they're not doing enough offensively to offset bullshit defense. If you are a third option, you have to be a good defender. And that's why RJ Barrett not being a good defender this year was such a fucking buzzkill, even while the Knicks were winning, because you're like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? But but the good news is, and this is like why I still am like, I don't really have a desire to trade him right now and or this offseason oh, or, no, no. or whatever, because like one, you'd be selling low. Two, like I, I know that the progression and his development, you'll get all kinds of you know arguments about what has he developed what, does he develop well has he is he the same player i think he has developed i just think his development is a little more t- like up and down and you're hoping at some point that it it goes up right like that is just a steady level up and um that hasn't happened for him yet but we know that he can play defense we know this because we saw it for a full fucking season like we we know he can do that and the real question is will can he get his brain wrapped around that and, and accept that like I am the third option currently and and deservedly because he's not good enough offensively to justify taking away usage from Brunson, taking away usage from Randall. He has to earn that. He has to earn the usage. And part of earning that is excelling in his role. And part of excelling in his role is going to be, can you not be a piece of shit on defense? Can you go get me a contested rebound? You know? And We've seen basketball games the Knicks have lost flat out because R.J. Barrett didn't get a contested rebound. I don't like boiling a game down to one player, uh, one guy, but like we've seen that. So like he, the, that the heart move, I think is going to pay dividends in multiple ways because I do think it gives R.J. Barrett very specifically a, a kick in the ass that he needed, and then like not in a way of like, but better watch out, like you're you're, you're going to ride the bench. Like I saw all kinds of crazy people like oh. Like now that we have heart, we should bet, put RJ on the bench. I'm like, that's insane. Actually, um, that's not what you should do. But like, it, it, I get the sentiment, and and the sentiment played out in some of these end game situations, right, where he's gone with heart over RJ. So like, he needs to just whatever he's done the last two games. That's what he need. He like bottle that up and, and do that for the rest of time. That would be great uh, because if he does that again, like you mentioned, this team becomes much more problematic for anybody to deal with in the playoffs. And it also just benefits the franchise so much long-term because like there's kind of, like now that you've reached this level of good, I think Simon, we've talked about this before too. Like once you're at a certain level of good, you kind of have to like be aggressive about 
like improving and getting better and getting better. Like we've seen this with Boston, right? Like they traded for Derek White last year. They traded for Brogdon um, at, at, over the offseason. They traded for Mascala this year, who, which I think was actually a nice little pickup. But like big Mascala fans here on Pod yeah, Strickland. Nah, he's a good player, but he's like legit. Yeah, but like they they they've been aggressive about. Okay, we're actually really good, and so now we're going to just keep adding win now pieces. Um, and like with the Knicks, like now that they're this good, it's like I understand why there's like, well, if RJ's not good enough, then maybe we should use him to go get somebody who's better. But it's like to me, I'm still of the opinion that you save if you're going to trade RJ, you have to save that for like, like people are talking about OG and OB. Get the fuck out of here with OG and OB. Like, all right, yeah. I, I'm not trading RJ Barrett for a guy who dribbles about as as well as I do. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. Like, I'm it not looked, doing that. It looked yesterday from the box and from the couple clips I saw that um, that he was passing well. Yeah, RJ. he was passing well. Like, and the, like that's, this the is, big, that's the biggest yeah. thing that, like, I mean, Hart is obviously a, a great passer in his own right, but he's it's Hart, a different thing. Hart is not bending the defense to pass. Yeah. He's just finding the seams. RJ can find the seams and also, like, like he's the best alley-oop thrower on the team, right? Like, it's kind of maybe, funny. Maybe that, the only alley hoop thrower on the team. It is so weird, man. Like we, I remember we used to joke back in the Kristaps days with his point guards that I'm like, this guy is like eight feet tall and jumps like 40 <laughs> inches in the air, and he has like one alley hoop per month. And you know, Mitch still gets plenty of dunks because of the O rebounds and because Grimes is the the drop off king. But like, damn, we can't just have a regular old fashioned pick and roll with our gigantic jumping seven footer, like. And just throw him the ball where the other guy, like old ass, three hundred pound Jonas Valanciunas, can't get it. Can we try that? I, so. I do think I feel like there's for some reason been a like de-emphasis in players developing lob throwing. Like I feel like there's less guys in the league that can do it, um, or maybe maybe there's also less like traditional lob targets. But the Knicks obviously have a couple great ones. Um, I, I I do want to go back to what you were saying, Schwinn, because like. I think to me, it seems like the team's in a good place, but also like the major decision. And I don't know where, where you guys stand on this is like, they obviously don't have that like title contending number one guy. Um, and, and I think that you kind of have to figure out who between like RJ and Julius can scale down better I know Julius has had trouble with that in the past. I think he he does obviously he can do some things off ball, but he he thrives with the ball. RJ obviously I think to a greater extent right now needs the ball. Um, he's like less efficient and scalable in that way, but I think in concept he's a more scalable player with his defensive upside and like slashing cutting ability. Like I don't know. I think I think there is like the connective tissue is there for him. It's just not necessarily present right now but obviously he also has the greater trade value if you're going to go get that guy and like you said if if you're going to trade him it it has to be for that like finishing piece um because yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. like the main thing the team is lacking i'm just curious if, yeah, like how you where you come down on that and like if you do like yeah. if you move one of those guys like who's more likely to kind of complement that player obviously it's not even close player. to me like everything like Julius Randle is like is like eons and eons beyond RJ Barrett right now in terms of on the court and the converse that you mentioned of RJ being so young and therefore having that kind of trade value because most of his growth is still ahead of him hopefully kind of makes this a pretty easy call for me personally <laughs> yeah i mean i get so like it's it's all all this stuff is 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 relative to the price so like if you're yeah. telling me Julius plus two picks can get me like the the level like let's say you know Devin Booker okay if you told me that versus it would have to be like oh but you can also do that you can also get Devin Booker if you do like RJ and quickly and four first round picks and two swaps like I'll do the Julius one you know like I'll I'll go find out who the power forward is going to be moving forward like long time long term but like if that's I'm just giving an example I I, I I, I right now like Julius is kind of at this weird level where you're like, I, I don't like want to fully trust him, but like then he like had like his the two games he just played, he fucking had Kuzma, 
and like he had Brandon Ingram last night in <laughs> fucking hell, like in absolute fucking hell. Like he locked his ass up. Like I- I've never seen Julius that locked in defensively from the start of a game the way he was last night. He that it's was not a co- like, it's not a coincidence yeah, too because because Kuzma Lakers was guys. talking shit and then oh yeah I forgot about that too yeah I'm telling Lakers you it's guys. it's a it's the yo it's so funny like all these <laughs> Lakers guys now they're all over the league it's so funny like Cart obviously is now on the Knicks he was he's on tracking that them down like fucking yeah. Arya in Game of Thrones making a list of just people <laughs> to murder <laughs> yeah, it's no but it, it like like. There's we we've, we've talked about this forever. Like the one of the most frustrating parts about Julius Randle throughout his career is that like he's not a good defender, but when he actually gives a fuck, he's like, but like he's like legitimately a terrifying, game changing potential defender. And like these last few games, and honestly, the stretch he's had defensively since Mitch got hurt, and now, obviously now Mitch is back, which is great. Um, but like when Mitch since Mitch got hurt, it's he's been. Honestly, no no qualifiers, no caveats. He's been great defensively. He's been great. Like genuinely showing consistent effort, especially given like the usage he's on offensively and his role offensively, it's been really impressive. So like he's almost like honestly, I don't think it's absurd to say so far this season Julius Randle has been a top 15 player. I think he's been the best player on the team. I do think Brunson is like the best player, but that's more of like in the last six minutes of the game, I need Julius to not be on the ball. Like Julius needs to hang out and and let Brunson do his thing. But like Brunson is part of the reason Julius can be this great, and yeah. it works out that way. And one of the things that I think gets—I don't want to say gets lost because they're like we've talked about it, right? Julius is volatile, and it really goes in both directions. It's it's not just it's the most the... insane player I've ever had to root for. <laughs> It's, it's just not crazy. <laughs> just like from a pure player development standpoint, if you're just thinking about like how does Julius Randle get better, right? Like obviously consistent defensive effort is one thing, but there's he actually has like other significant not high hanging fruit. I don't want to say low hanging fruit, but not high hanging fruit on I mean, offense. Basic, as well. Some basic decision making would go a long, long way for him. Yeah. My favorite thing that he's done in the last uh, month or so is like something that Jason Tatum does as good as anybody in the league. Any of the, a lot, most of these like ridiculous, insane MVP vote guys do it. But like they, they use their size and athleticism and moves with purpose. They're not like figuring this shit out as they go. Like me playing 21, trying to figure out how the fuck I'm going to get to the hoop. It's like, I'm going to, do this and then I'm going to do a cross and then there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. And you're just going to have to deal with that and help defense is going to have to come. What Julius would do before, even when he was playing well, would be like he would do a cross and then he would do the thing where he it's like half post up, half face up. And he kind of just ambles into the paint because he's too strong and he can, it works because he's so strong and his ball handling is all right. But like, that's different from just being like, I'm going to dismiss the first player and then I'm going to dismiss the second player. Which is like I every time I watch Jason Tatum and he's not just like turning into a three point chucker, I'm just like, how 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 is anybody supposed to stop him? Because nobody can stay in front of him, and he's like yeah. six foot nine. Like <laughs> it's it's very hard to stay in front of Jason Tatum because people don't know this, um, but there's a clause in the CBA where Jason Tatum is allowed to just forearm shiver guys every time he drives to the to the hoop. Um, right, Julius. Could get in on somebody's uh the, no, the best no, forearm shiver call... guy in the league is SGA. No. By the way, I don't think it's pretty... yeah. No, he, he's no, pretty no. good SGA, at it. He's like yes, him Tatum. I'm missing a third player. I forget. There was somebody else who's like really obli- not oblivious, obvious about that. Anyway, my point is like you know Julius can get he can, can become a better shooter. He can become a better. A driver, he can become a better passer. Um, there's lots of stuff that's very well on the table, and if you stick him with an, if he remains for the entry of whatever MVP player it is, right? Like if 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 the situation is correct and some other people get traded or whatever, like just like we see Jalen, um, helping optimize him, it's possible that another player also does that. And like in terms of his off ball synergy, really, I. I think Julius has been 
probably aside from Grimes, the best cutter on the team. And he's certainly the most willing three-point shooter on the team. Maybe and not the he, best, but the most also, willing. <laughs> he also apparently is just going to dunk on everybody now, which is great. Um, he's a ridiculous one-foot jumper. I don't know. Like, I think he definitely hit that point in like an insane athlete's life where he's like, I'm actually too jacked. Like, this is too much. And I need to like, like LeBron hit that point when he was in Miami. And he was like, all right. I'm playing power forward, so I'm going to be 265, 270 pounds. And then he realized, like, oh, this is probably a little much. Like, that's what happened with Julius. He's probably clocking in right now at, like, a light, slim 245, if I had to guess. He he looks very svelte uh, is the the word I would use. But, like, yeah, I mean, just to go back to to what you were talking about, Simon, um, like, Julius is just at this weird point where I don't even understand, like, what i'm supposed to do with him in a trade like i just don't know and i like and then i'm like should i even trade this guy like he's playing at this level that makes no sense but then i'm like I have no idea what his value is <laughs> yeah and then yeah, and then like then you're like but like last year he was insane like so maybe he's gonna is he gonna be insane again like i i just have no concept of like yeah it's, i have no it idea how to like manage his value is is higher probably higher to the knicks than other teams but then like at the same time the knicks obviously do have to like add that like you know right. that final piece right so it, it it's it, it just sure. gets tricky uh before we continue this discussion though uh nba fans it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba this week new customers can bet five dollars and win two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly plus for a limited time all new and existing customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Own the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes. So, so my my thing with my thing with that is like, and I they have to make that move at some point. Like, but it's like at some point like that yeah. you can't force that move which is what like all these you know there are people like dejounte murray's not that move yeah dejounte <laughs> murray's not that move but like there are people like at the deadline right like oh well if we could get zach levine if we could get og ananobi if we could get and i'm like these are not the guys like these are not the guys that like all like og ananobi is a good player all he's gonna do for you is make sure that you never get past the second round as currently constructed which yeah. like maybe you can already just do that right now and keep the 22 year old kid who has way more offensive upside than OG Ananobi ever will. I don't care. You can throw the numbers at me. It doesn't matter to me. I know RJ Barrett doesn't pass enough, but I know that he can pass. And sometimes it just takes guys a little longer. Like Jason Tatum all of a sudden just started passing one day. It was like, oh shit. Yeah, I can do this. I can get like five assists a game. This isn't that hard. Like it it, it just clicks sometimes at, at a certain point. And I'm just going to bet on that with RJ for right now. And the point is like, I don't think the Knicks need to operate like yes, the Knicks should always like now that you have these you know a, a, a solid team, you need to be thinking about how to always improve it and stay you know in that upper you know be in that conversation hopefully at the top of the East at some point. But like to do that, like to do that, you still have to be judicious and like that's the one thing of this front office. I don't think they get nearly enough credit for. Um, from either the local beat, national beat, whatever, they've actually exhibited a shit ton of patience. Um, and I think they never tra- they never sell low on anyone ever. <laughs> yeah, and and not just and not just patience, but also like patience without being cowardly, right? Like it would have been easy to sit there at this trade deadline and be like, you know what, the first round pick for Josh Hart is too much, and we think this team is good anyway, so let's just let it roll and see what happens. That would have been an easy thing to do. But they were like, you know what, this team is good. Let's go get Josh Hart because we think he can make us X Y Z this much this much better, and we'll risk a first round pick this year, a lotto protector first round pick, um, which doesn't have any future. Like it either conveys this year or we keep it and then get four seconds. Like there's so it's it's a smart it's a move that is like yeah, you're trading a first-round pick for a non-star. Should we do this? Does it make the Knicks the contender? Like, maybe it doesn't make the Knicks a contender, but you're a lot closer now. And, and you're and closer Josh than you were before the trade. Like, probably could get you more than a first-round pick if you have to move him in another deal, like this summer or something. He's and probably more valuable 
than 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 the lotto. Like you know what I mean? Like in yeah. a trade, yeah. Like if you're trading for a star, what we've seen now for most most star trades, other than the stupid Houston Harden, I, I don't really mind the Houston Harden one, but they didn't get any players from that trade, right? They didn't get anything. Like they just got picks and basically cap flexibility. But most of the time, have, when you're have trading, matching salary. Like yeah, that, that's a value contract and matching salary, and clearly and, can and be teams part of want team. players. Yeah, teams like want yeah. players now when they are doing these deals. They they don't and be, not because they don't want to bottom out, but it's also because they're like like you just mentioned. Well, we we can get more, we can trade Hart down the line for a first round pick. So that's another value for us in that trade. So like yeah, like I agree. The, the Hart thing is just, but but my point is going back to the front office is just like. You know, they got shit on, they got a lot of shit for not trading for Donovan Mitchell, right? Especially at the start of this season. And I think that their patience, I still believe that it was the right call to not trade for Donovan Mitchell. Um, I, I still believe that. And I think they are showing that, like, they've been rewarded for kind of drawing a line in the sand and being like, Danny Ainge, we are not going to do the deal. Like, we're not going to let you destroy us and take everything from, like, you know, pillage the franchise. Um, like, we're not, we're not doing that. You know, this is our line in the sand, and that's it. Uh, what they do a good job doing is, I and and I think a lot of people online and other fans, like, we can talk about what is Josh Hart worth? What is a first-round pick worth? What is a protected first-round pick worth? But these things, the same thing is not going to be worth the same to different teams in different situations, right? And we saw this last year with the Knicks draft pick. They, uh, much to my chagrin, traded the 11th pick for three protected picks you almost certainly will never see a first go for that many protected picks the only reason they were able to do it is because the thunder really had designs on that pick and they had so many protected picks that those protected picks were worth less to them than they would be to other teams so it made sense and the josh hart trade was the same thing yes they traded a first and Cam for so like in in a way they traded two firsts right even though that that Cam pick is you know looking probably like, lesser looking like first. two seconds You're right looking like two seconds talk soon unless talk unless soon. my unless my son Mark Williams has something to say about it that's true he is chefing shout out to Mark Williams um I gotta pick him up in fantasy before the end of this pot oh, I just shit, had a, I should I just had right a, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like twenty rebounds <laughs> fuck especially because I have mixtape mace. And yeah. he may have been whack in real life, but he was putting up 20 and 10 for my fantasy <laughs> team. Anyway, my point is, like, the Knicks don't have the capacity to intake two rookies. They don't. They just don't. They don't. You can't just draft a guy unless unless you're going to stash them or unless you're completely okay just G-leaguing them for the whole year. And they're a true project, which those kind of prospects are much more rare than you think. And even if there is a good pick who is a true project, Maybe this front office doesn't feel like that's a good fit for what they're trying to do, right? So, like, that extra first-round pick, first pick did not – I like, if you asked this front office, like, would you rather have traded this first-round pick or four random second-rounders for Josh Hart, they would have said the first. Because you can use those second-rounders for, like, 9,000 different things, but this first, you have a ticking clock to use it between now and the draft, and if they didn't do it, they were going to be stuck in another team. Some Danny Ainge-ass motherfucker GM was going to probably know that they were stuck and just take advantage of them. So they struck while the iron was hot. They understand relative value, which is something that, uh, you know, that not every team understands, right? Like you see a lot of teams acquire talent without really thinking about how the talent fits in to their game plan, right? And, and Simon, I'm, I'm curious, you know, I'm, I'm sure y'all have thought about this as Warriors fans between Wiseman and Moody and Poole and, oh, and all man. these dudes. <laughs> the Wiseman trade, great trade for the for the for the, the Warriors. Um, they got an actual good NBA player for James Wiseman. Congratulations! Yeah. Wait, yeah. who did, who did they get again? They got Gary Payne the second. He just needs to be. Oh healthy. yeah, oh yeah. That's, what's his deal? When is he going to play? Supposedly, he's maybe not as injured as it seemed initially but i also think at this point like i i would just be super cautious like if there's any if he might need a surgery just like do the second surgery because um i don't think he's you know tilting it 
to them repeating this year. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, the Wiseman situation was like one thing that I will give. I mean, I'll give Bob Myers credit for a lot of things. Like I think Bob Myers is a fucking great GM, but one thing that I think he like doesn't really get credit for. That's one of the most important things a GM can do is biting the bullet, biting the bullet and, and like just admitting their mistakes. Um, like he, you could look at the GP two trade and be like, okay, well, if you had just, you know, been willing to pay the tax <laughs> bill and, and sign GP2 in the off season, then you could have traded Wiseman for those picks and, and kept those picks, or you could have traded him for something else or, or whatever. So that's like, you could look at that as an L, but the thing is, is like every team makes mistakes. Like mm-hmm. there, there's not a GM in the league that bats a thousand. And to be able to like do a move that like the optics on this Wiseman trade aren't aren't good they do highlight like a we made a bad pick like we we use the number two pick on this guy and and we're trading him in his third season like we are admitting defeat there and we're trading him for a guy that we could have just kept if we had 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 re-signed him in the offseason so like you can spin that as like egg on his face but he doesn't really give a fuck right he's just like yeah okay i i made a bad pick and i I'm realizing that like GP two was essential to our defense. Like we need that super high end point of attack defender to stop guys like Andrew Nemhart from dropping 35 on us um, on like a, you know, every other night basis. So I give him a lot of credit for that. I think it was smart to bring Peyton back. I think, you know, he has the, the two years left on his deal after this. Um, and, and Dante DiVincenzo is probably a guy who's going to go get paid elsewhere after the year he's had. So they kind of need to DiVincenzo was like the Peyton replacement and they kind of need to replace him now. And I think that was a proactive way to do it. Um, I, I mentioned Jordan pool earlier. So we're talking about these young guys and pool is obviously one that looks like a, a hit and like he, I mean, yeah, to get a player like that at 28 is obviously a home run. Um, but I'm curious what you guys think. I'm I'm kind of of the opinion this year that like there's no place for him on a winning team. Um or if there is a place Damn. there's not a <laughs> there's not a place for him at there's it's a not place. the it's me, not the place he it's not the place he wants. It's not the place he wants. Right. He was excellent during a lot of the playoff run last year. Um but the problem is that when you face like the elite teams when they faced Boston which like I'm sorry was kind of the only elite team they faced that's that's just how I feel about the, the wow the Grizzlies. Look, at Grizzlies, <laughs> look at this Grizzlies slander yeah no but Josh like, fans are gonna get you for this one um but like he he was playing behind Peyton in that series he was playing like 20 minutes or less mm-hmm. and and the reason is just because it's it's what you said earlier it's like once you have a couple guys ahead of you in the in the pecking order you can't be that much of a negative on defense and he he is such a poor defender he's he's made a a couple minor minor strides this year but he's still just such a bad defender and so turnover prone for a player who's not actually like a high like level playmaker he's not he's not setting guys up his turnovers are out of like isolation. I don't think I've ever seen a player be this turnover prone out of isolation. And that's not even counting the times that he drives with like a clear shot blocker right there and gets blocked in a way that everyone can see except for him somehow. Those don't even count as turnovers and and his his turnover numbers are still super high. Um I just don't think he has a place like above a sixth man on a contender and he's making 30 million a year. So like, that's where I think, I, I think that is actually what, and, and you can see maybe some signs of the team starting to feel that way. Like Steph, obviously there was the Steph mouthpiece incident. Um, Clay Thompson the other night kind of shooed him off of the, that was so funny. <laughs> Clay's like, dude, no, like, yeah, wait, no. time out. What have I, I he, still haven't caught the highlights. Cool, cool of that stepped crazy up to game. the line to take a technical and Clay, like, 
stood there for a minute, like thinking about it, and then just <laughs> walked up to him and like was like, "You gotta, you gotta move." Yeah, um, like no, like, play your role, Playboy. Yeah, I got, I got four of them things. Right? Yeah, you got yeah. one. <laughs> and, and, You're a good shooter. You 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 ain't like this though. Exactly, and and, and I think that that's like. <laughs> I think that that's kind of, uh, I don't know. I think that's part of the problem is, is like his mentality and attitude is a bit like he's already earned it. Can I ask you a question yeah. related to this? I, obviously, Draymond overstepped his bounds there. Yeah. But do you feel like Draymond just like he was feeling himself in training camp, like Jordan Poole, I'm saying, yeah. and Draymond was like, fuck this guy. Yeah, 100%. Oh, 100%. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah, like yeah. there's no, there's no like, justification for what Draymond did but like that can be true and at the same time like the the reason underneath it was like I think something that made sense right it's like you you, that's not how you respond to that frustration but the frustration uh, I I think is something he was feeling and and I think that it kind of relates to, to the KD Draymond incident from like KD's final year where is, is it wanna, fair to say yeah. that, like, Draymond, this is a question for you, that Draymond, while he has overstepped his bounds in a couple of scenarios, that he's expressing something that most of the rest of the team feels as well? Yeah, exactly. I think I think he's always right when he does that. And it, it's not necessarily, uh, doesn't mean wrong, he should do wrong it. Tone, but, wrong tone. Wrong tone. Wrong <laughs> tone. Um, but yeah, like, Dr- Draymond, I mean, Draymond just gets it, like, more than any player on the team like he gets what makes the team win and when he like feels a certain way about it he he's gonna he he, he's wired to to express it and i think that you know steph obviously has some of that too he expresses it differently um but but that's i think where his his kind of blow up was coming from earlier this year there there's just a lot of like talk about is Draymond going to stay past the season? Is Bob Myers leaving? You know, is this kind of like the beginning of the end for for their run? And I don't know. I, I don't think they see it that way. I think that given what I was saying earlier about Myers, like I think he he knows. I think I think everyone kind of knows um, what the problems are and, and what the strengths still are. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them to see them explore moves. Soon.